Hello and welcome to another episode of Tech- the Technical Foul Podcast. Manton, they thought it would not exist, but it is here. <laughs> is this podcast still recording? It's it's been a little while since we recorded the last episode at the beginning of the season, actually before the first game of the I season. I felt expect- expectations were too high. I wanted we wanted to tamp them down, mm-hmm. make people wait all wait all year. But yes, mm-hmm. the playoffs are here, which means we are we are back for now for one week anyway. Right, <laughs> we'll see how far, how far we get. But there's, I mean, so much has happened this season, obviously. And I, I just mentioned to you before we started recording. I actually listened to a little bit of that last episode to try to remember what we predicted, what we thought was going to happen. Oh, interesting. I have no recollection of of what we might have said. So this was this is right <laughs> before the season started. So uh, what I'm guessing that whatever the predictions were, yours were totally right and mine were totally wrong because that seems to be the pattern here. For nah. those who have listened before, <laughs> Manton, so what are some predictions you got right? You, predictly, you picked the Cavs in seven in the finals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, there was one other really big one. That was the big one you got. There's one other yeah. prediction you totally nailed. I can't remember what it was. Oh, but recently yes. I got three of the final four Four teams in the NCAA. Oh, that's right. That's super, right. I've never come close to getting anything. I mean, my bracket was still kind of a mess in, because the first part of it was all wrong. But uh, yeah, I've never done that well. So I was excited about that. Unfortunately, uh, on this podcast, as on all proper NBA podcasts, uh, we know and acknowledge that College is a fun diversion that cannot hold a candle to the NBA. So I, w- I am going <laughs> and to, I got, to, to be you, clear. I got completely lucky. Picking. <laughs> I'm going to continue to give you far more credence for picking the Cavs in seven than anything else. Well, I see. I, I have some confidence now. I'm going to make some other predictions, and they they're going to they're going to fall flat. They're not. Gonna All right. right so but. so what, what were our predictions that, uh, in our last episode at the beginning of the year that that are true or not true? So there are a few things that stood out to me. Um, the first big one for you is you thought that the Bucks would be in like 30-something wins and they would not make the playoffs. But you had a little disclaimer that said, unless, <laughs> unless Antetokounmpo and, or Jabari Parker play much better and improve much more. Parker, out, but, you know, yeah, maybe you got part of that right. So, they, I mean, they made the playoffs and he's improved quite a bit. Yeah, I think without question. I mean, I, I've been a Did huge I get that name even close to right? I, uh, I, Anta de Kumpo. Uh, it, not bad, not bad. Uh, okay. Ya- we just call him Giannis. Everyone just call Giannis. him Giannis. Giannis. Uh, as long yeah. as you get Giannis right, it's fine. Uh, yeah, I've been a huge Giannis fan from the beginning. Like I've, I've maintained for years that he has top five player potential. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- that said, even me, a massive fan and advocate of him, uh, is just blown away by the leap he made this year. I mean, it's it's really astounding. I mean, he and the other thing in, there's this come up in the sort of most improved player debate is he has made these massive jumps in basically every single statistical category while playing the same number of minutes. Usually when players make these big jumps, it's because they're increased low. They're playing more uh, things of those nature. Whereas mm-hmm. whereas Giannis is playing the same amount he did before. He's just producing like six more points a game and like th- three or four more rebounds and two or three more assists. And he's averaging almost like one point over 1.5 blocks and 1.5 steals a game. So th- over three you know stocks a game. And just right. And so he actually finished top 20 in all five categories, which has never been done before in sort of the history of the NBA. I was going to ask you about that because I just read that, that he was about to become the first player in NBA history to finish in the top 20 in points, rebounds, assists, steals, and blocks. But I checked and it looked like he didn't quite make it. looked like he was like 21st in points or like it looked like he didn't quite make it. Did I no, get the no, stats no. right? Or? Yeah, no, he made it. He made it. He the, made one it. That okay. was, the one that was closest was assists. Okay. And uh, he ended up finishing, I think, nineteenth, uh, or or no, or something like that. So you know, okay. he did make it in all five. I was playing with the NBA stats website, and yeah, it's confusing. Maybe I got it a little wrong, but e- either way, whether it's like just barely in the top twenty or not, that's a significant improvement in milestone. Right. And 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 I and I have a problem with, you know, just basically arbitrary sort of statistical achievements right. being the justification Why not for anything. 19? Why not 21st? Yeah. Right. <laughs> but no, this is the reason why the Bucks massively overachieved. It is 100% because Giannis Antetokounmpo just became, you know, a top 10 player this year and mm-hmm. arguably arguably a top 5 player. And and it's 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 both gratifying. Obviously, it's fantastic as a Bucks fan. It's a little worrying because you know when <laughs> the way the NBA works is stars matter so much. It matters that that's that's what matters more than anything. But 
the natural human tendency is to kind of spread out credit. And so you have things like people want to credit like Jason Kidd on sort of a national basis when, in my estimation, Kidd is a terrible coach. And and I'm a little worried we'll get into sort of a LeBron with Mike Brown situation where, you know, he ended up having the same coach all the way through just because LeBron was awesome. The coach looks awesome. Then the coach goes somewhere else and, you know, doesn't succeed at all. I'm a little worried about that for as far as the Buck situation, but you know, whatever. It, it, I, mm-hmm. It's certainly been an incredibly enjoyable season, and and yeah, it's it's yeah. really all due to Giannis. And yeah, I assume you're thrilled about that, and you're happy to be wrong that they wouldn't make the playoffs. I was, and the other thing with Parker is, I mean, Parker, people don't realize, was actually a net negative because his defense hmm. is so bad that whatever he contributed on offense was more than made up for his sort of defense. And so losing him, it, it was still a big loss to lose him because you're losing his development. And I, you know, the hope was always the defense would eventually come along. And then, you know, the offensive capability was really came out this year. I mean, he was shooting over 40% from three, you know, just very explosive on the fast break. And it's a real shame to lose him. But the game he got hurt was again that Chris Middleton came back. And th- th- that was the real reason that, you know, lots of Bucks fans, including myself, were pretty skeptical about this year. Is that it was thought that Middleton's going to miss the whole year, and he was our best player last year, and he came back faster than anticipated, and basically subbing in Middleton for Parker, where Middleton was just as effective offensively, and I think actually more efficient, and then a far superior player defensively. The Bucks actually got better that day, even wow. as devastating as an injury was, and and that has certainly played a huge role in in the team's success over the last few months as well. Right. So they uh, face the Raptors in the first round. And how I thought I saw something. I couldn't remember if you had said you had hoped for Toronto or hope for Washington. No. Or there was Toronto something. Was the team, Toronto is the team I least want. I would rather play the Cavs than play Toronto. Oh, wow. Uh, the, okay. the, the Bucks just don't match up well against Toronto. They We we went one and three against them this year, but it was like a minus 36 because they blew mm. us out every single game. But for okay. one, they are a smart team that moves the ball well and teams that move the ball well and can shoot threes destroy the bucks. Uh, Weirdly, the fact that they traded away Terrence Ross actually helps us. He's killed us every year Whether the bucks. One of the reasons that I'm frustrated with kid is the bucks have this, this, sort of archaic defensive system that really overloads the strong side and double teams the post constantly and and doubles the pick and roll. And the net result is any team that can move the ball well will always get open threes. And the Bucks give up a ton of open threes. They give up a ton of they think they weed or second the in the league and giving up corner threes. And so any team that is astute at doing that, uh the Bucks have trouble with. And unfortunately Toronto is very good at that. So I, I'm I'm not very optimistic about this outcome, but I mean when you look at the season as a whole, obviously, you know, mm-hmm. thrilled, thrilled to be yeah. thrilled to be here, thrilled to be wrong. Absolutely. And you almost got your wish with the Cavs because Toronto and Cleveland are actually tied. Their records uh, were the same 51 wins, but tiebreaker went to the Cavs. So that and that brings me to another thing I thought was kind of interesting. Last time we talked is you said something to the effect of the Celtics are interesting like they're the most interesting you you had some way of phrasing it and of course they end up as the number one seed this year yeah but they gotta be one of the worst number one seeds in a, <laughs> in, in a long time I mean, the, bucks well, scrubbed, the bucks sat their top like three players last game and mm-hmm. and and boston barely won it was a blow at the end but it was close middle through the fourth quarter and lebron rested the last couple games too right and cleveland lost their last four games so i mean it could have could have come up differently yeah some of which what lebron won i mean we should talk about cleveland because it's certainly disturbing you know the way they've played the last couple months but the thing with boston is you know i think the reason they're interesting is not just that they had a good team but what if they make a move Mm -hmm. and there are rumors they're possibly a trade for jimmy butler possibly a trade for paul george and i think there was a sense that well at that time cleveland looks really good it's like lebron's still here are we gonna trade away you know a sort of future asset for the present when the present, you know, we're probably going to get, you know, we're running to LeBron and lose anyway. And mm-hmm. now as Cleveland has looked really terrible over the last half of the season, that decision is looking more and more suspect. Like if Boston had a Jimmy Butler or had a Paul George, they w- I think would have to be the favorites to go to go to the finals right now. And, but they don't. And, and actually I would, I, I would, I think Boston is maybe the most likely upset candidate in the first round, to be frank. Really? Say, saying you're saying that the Bulls could win. I, is that, well, am I, I reading it clearly? 
Yeah, the Bulls and the Bulls they split the season series. The point differential was 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 quite small. Uh, and you know the problem with the concern I would have for Bo- the concern I have for Boston is the concern I always have for San Antonio every year. Uh, <laughs> and San Antonio traditionally underperforms their seating. And I think the reason they underperformed their seating is because San Antonio has such a good team. They mm-hmm. and the system is so strong that uh, in the NBA regular season when you're flying, you're traveling all the time, and just you don't have time to prepare every game. This the better systems win and the better benches win. In the playoffs, though. And Boston's like that. Boston has is a very deep team. They're, they have lots of good players coming off the bench, and they have a very good system, and they play very well on a very consistent basis. And so on the day-to-day grind of the NBA, that's very effective in a way to win a lot of games. The problem is in the playoffs, the rotations shorten, so the best players play more. So your top six, seven are more important than you're having a, a, a lower down on the bench, for one. And for two, you're scheming and planning specifically for one opponent, which right. means having a systematic advantage is lessened. It's still an advantage, but it's less of one. And in the case of Boston, you have a team that's very dependent on Isaiah Thomas and that has a very deep bench. And if a team can game plan for that to build their entire defense around containing Thomas, mm-hmm. who else is going to step up for Boston? And in the meantime... You know, on less rest, but Jimmy Butler is going to play what forty four minutes a game, and and he, I mean he is good. He is mm-hmm. really good. He's the best player in the series. So you have a situation where Chicago has the best player in the series. They're not going to be afraid of Boston, and I think Boston is the favorite. But I think it's it's a very very hmm. intriguing upset candidate. Interesting. Yeah. And it's certainly if like the first round goes to seven games or even the second, like if they're really struggling, it would be difficult probably to get past the Cavs if they make it that far. Right. Exactly. And I mean, this is the, you know, this is the advantage for the Cavs where one reason to not overreact to their slump is that their on off numbers with LeBron James on the floor are still extraordinary. Like the different, and this is arguably the strongest case for LeBron's MVP case, which we'll get to in a moment. But the difference between LeBron James on the floor and off the floor is like, it's like 15 or 16 points or something. It's insane. Like they're like plus nine with him and like minus eight without him or something crazy like that. But mm. on the playoffs, when you're resting every day, James is going to be playing 40 minutes a game, 42 minutes a game. And that alone, not to mention the actually trying on defense part, that alone <laughs> is going to make Cleveland, I think, a much stronger team than they've looked here towards the towards the end of the regular season. I shouldn't pay attention to the 538 website uh, anymore at all, but I did pull it up before we started recording. They have Cleveland two percent chance of winning the finals, which I yeah, found really they, bizarre. Like it's just a well, bizarre low number. Yeah, but it's based on like that is a purely sort of mathematical calculation yeah. based on actual results. And you know, Cleveland is doesn't have a great point different. Their point differential for the season is plus three. Like mm-hmm. just just to put in comparison, Gold State is plus eleven. Uh, right. San Antonio is plus seven. I think last yeah. year, I think Cleveland was plus eight or plus nine. So it's a terrible point differential, which is one of the most important th- factors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, individual players are having down seasons. So if you actually only look at stats, that's where the two percent comes from. But and that's why there's more than stats because we know that James will play more minutes. We know that. LeBron James teams for years have had a switch that they can turn on and turn off. Not just LeBron James teams, all great teams. I remember the Lakers back in, you know, the Lakers would win like 50 year, fifty games a year in, in the early 2000s, and then they'd come out and just destroy teams in the playoffs, yeah. right? Yeah. It's, you're playing with fire to be sure, but it's the flip side of the San Antonio thing, right? I mean, the, the worry for San Antonio is that they're already playing at their highest gear, and the optimism for a team like Cleveland is that they're they've been playing in second or third gear. Yeah. That's a that's a great point and certainly a concern. And speaking like the 50 win season naturally translates to the other thing I wanted to mention that we talked about before. I think you had said that the over under on the Spurs was 55 wins. They finished with 61, probably could have been 62, 63, <laughs> depending on if they had actually oh, you played. Had a, you, the, you had a terrible loss to the Bucks. I can tell you that. Like, oh, like, my gosh. There's that. And then, yeah, just a, there's a there's a couple of games at the end that they, they probably should have could have won, but it didn't matter. So why not just put your bench in for the last uh, quarter or two? But I think it's kind of I, I was just thinking about the records and you know, 61 wins that used to be like if you have a team won 61 games that would be like well obviously they have the best record in the nba or they're obviously the number one seed and it's just so funny now that that is not the case because you have golden state 
with 73 wins last year, 67 they finished with this year. Yeah, the best three-year record in the history of the NBA. Because they, they won 67 two years ago as well. So they went 67, 72, 67. That's incredible. Yep, past the, yeah. uh, past the 90s Bulls. It's just this weird blip that like makes all the other stats not really <laughs> work anymore. But overall, I mean, I think the Spurs, I, I still like the Spurs a lot, obviously. They went to some games this year big fan and i think they have a shot at it all but i'm also nervous about various things yeah you mentioned you went to that game where the spurs jumped out to the what 23 to 3 lead or whatever golden mm-hmm. state and then golden yep. state came back that i mean that was oh my that gosh had to have been so dispiriting it, it was so bizarre because it's like this mix of emotions because at the beginning everyone is just laughing and looking at each other and there's a stance like what is happening? Yeah, it was like literally 23 to three. And it's it's just like this unbelievable start to the game. And then Golden State starts chipping away, chipping away. All of a sudden, it's tied. All of a sudden, they're ahead five. All of a sudden, they're ahead 10. Uh, it's really frustrating. And it's a funny, I that's the first, uh, the first Golden State game I've been to in San Antonio. And it's kind of interesting. I am not used to that many fans from the opposing team being in the arena. So it had a, I mean, it's obviously still dominated with Spurs fans, but it had a slightly different feel because you had a lot of very passionate Warriors fans also in the building. Yeah. Don't get me started on the bandwagon jumpers, right? Uh, <laughs> so it's interesting. It's interesting. I think this is kind of an interesting segue to the, the MVP conversation. I mean, hats off to the Spurs. I mean, 61 wins after, you know, Tim Duncan retired. I know Tim Duncan's role was 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 less was you know less and less than it had been, but not just him retiring. Also, Tony Parker, frankly, being playing and looking really old, Manu Ginobili looking even older at times. Uh, all the sort of stalwarts of those great Spurs teams are either gone or are you know shells of their former selves, and here they are, sixty-one wins again, and mm-hmm. just a incredible sort of. Um, really speaks to Kawhi Leonard. I mean, yeah. you talk about players making massive leaps. We talk about Giannis. I mean, Kawhi is in what year seven or eight now, and he's still improving yeah. every year. It's every incredible. Year. I mean, if, if Giannis, Giannis, I think is on a he's the the comparison is Kawhi in the sort of rate of improvement. Hmm. And yeah, I mean the the upside, the golden scenario for the Bucks is that. It continues like Kawhi has continued, and that's no sure thing because it sure is rare. And and man, what an incredible player! Yeah, uh, he's been fantastic this year. And they, they so they've had a couple injuries here and there. The Spurs have everybody's healthy now. Uh, they they haven't done great the last week or two, but I, I hope they're in good shape and everyone's healthy for the playoffs certainly. But they did make one change when Pau Gasol went out for a few weeks or a month or however long he was out um, with Deadman becoming a starter. And that has really been interesting because they've continued that even with Gasol back and getting to your point about in the regular season, you know, the bench has more minutes. San Antonio, I, I still feel I've always said this, their bench is the best in the NBA. It, it's all, they almost have two teams. And especially with Gasol off the bench now, it's a very interesting, like just a kind of almost a different team that comes on the court five minutes in the game, 10 minutes in the game, whatever. And especially with his ability to shoot three point shots now, all of a sudden he's shooting like twice as much as last year. He's shooting over 50% from three. And it, this is all recent. This is all like a recent change, like within the last you know month or two. And so I'm very curious to see if how much of that will translate to the playoffs, or like you said, it won't translate, and the starters will play you know majority of the minutes again. And some of those advantages you have, where you the Spurs. I mean, the Spurs. If the Spurs are down less than ten, like near the end of the game, I think they're going to win because they've done it so many times. Will some of that translate to the playoffs or not? Don't know. Yeah, well, it's interesting with the, the shift to Gasol because we've seen a similar thing in Milwaukee where Greg Monroe has come off the bench all year and another player, a very different game than Gasol, but similar in that his offense is far ahead of his defense, I think is a, is a generous way to put it. Mm-hmm. But And a center is so critical to defense, not simply for defending other centers, but for protecting the rim from these sort of slashers and these dynamic guards that are so dominant in, in the league right now. And the problem is if you don't have a center that can protect the rim, you have other players have to collapse into the paint to handle the driver, and then it gets kicked out for threes. And and that's really the sort of foundation of NBA offense these, these days. And 
that's a problem for Greg Monroe. Is a problem for for Paul Gasol playing against the Steph Curry's of the world, playing against the 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 Chris Pauls of the world. The difference, though, is when you're playing on the second unit, the guards you're facing are less mm-hmm. dynamic, right? And the other big men you're facing aren't as good either. So you can really go to work, and I think it's you're seeing this more and more, seeing these sort of offense first centers stepping into these these second team roles where, and it's a great thing for your second team because your second team, you, you're having, you have worse players. So if you can dump it into the post, yes, dumping in the post is not the most efficient offense. It's as opposed to other types of offensive plays, but it's a relatively, but if you have someone who can do work in there, it's a way to carry a second unit in a very effective way and, and not reap the sort of downsides either side. So it's been a great move for the Spurs. I mean, one of the reasons I have popped my coach of the year is convincing Powell to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I, th- I think he's had it, some it, practice convinced I, Ginobili it, convinced. Yeah. Yep. Uh, it, it, you know, he has the reputation, you know, to back it up and the results to back it up, but no, I think it's a, it's a great move. And yeah, the Spurs are going to be a team where that sort of beginning of the second quarter, beginning of the fourth quarter, they need to make a lot of hay uh, with those lineups. Yeah, and I I think last time we had talked, I had said, you know, getting to the bench and getting like Jonathan Simmons, I had called out as someone who I think will have games this year off the bench where people like notice him all of a sudden. And we had that game one of the season, actually, when the Spurs beat Golden State by like 29 points or something. He had one of those games where everyone was like, who is this guy? And he hasn't had as many of those games as I wanted him to have and hoped he would have, but he's had a couple. And certainly like Deadman, him, uh, there's the Spurs have some players that bring a different kind of energy um, like when have, uh, haven't seen this year, we've seen way more like alley oop dunks and crazy show off stuff than we've seen in the last few years. For the Which Spurs. I think is great. I just the only thing I, the thing I'm worried about the Spurs is the same thing that I've been worried the last couple of years is the guards. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I think Deadman, I think, is a huge addition. I was a huge fan of him when he was a free agent, and I it was just such a steal by the Spurs, and that helps. But yeah, I mean, right now, I I think Patty Mills is probably your best option, and. Patty Mills is a great second team point guard. Uh, if he's your best option as a starting point guard, that's that's tough. It'll be int- I didn't look at his minutes. I know Patty Mills has, has played more. T- oh my gosh. Y- your dog does not approve of Patty Mills. Uh, Patty Mills <laughs> no. The uh, I know he's had more I mean, time I know this year. Still starting, but but I mean sure, I think, and I think yeah, that's I think right. They, but I mean the thing about a starter, like someone starts, they don't need to play the whole game, obviously. And Tony Parker can start every game. Patty Mills can come in. I I I know he's a great shooter. He's a great player. I I hope he has more minutes in the playoffs than he is used to. Um, but yeah, we'll just have to see. You're right though, and especially like when we're talking about Golden State, which we're always talking about because every conversation seems to lead back to them. The you need to be able to go one on one with them, guard them. You can't just double team their best player because surprise, they've got way too many best players, and so somebody's going to be open. And so, the Spurs. Can do that usually, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get to our picks in a second. Let's yeah, I, I put out my my sort of picks for the awards, so we can we can debate those real, real quickly. Okay, um, so we'll start with the MVP. So with the MVP, I value team success. I value making your teammates better. I value a situation where the whole becomes more than some of the parts. Uh, with all that prelude, you probably know who is not my MVP. <laughs> uh, but I have the MVPs in this order. So uh, my MVP is, is James Harden. My second pick is Kawhi. My third is Westbrook. My fourth is LeBron James. And my fifth is Steph Curry. Hmm. Okay. That's Good list. I mean, these are all great players, and that's yeah, the frustrating yeah, that's thing is, the, like, exactly any of these that, top few are really, really good. Right. That's that's the first thing to say. Like, if you disagree, that's fine. I, I have no objection to any of the first four being the, being the MVP at, at all. Right. And obviously, you know, the, the, the my thinking behind this is I think from a statistical perspective, Harden's season has been just as impressive as – as Russell Westbrook. The fact right. that Russell Westbrook has 10 rebounds yeah, per game. Instead of and, eight or whatever it is. Right, yeah. exactly. Uh, particularly, you know, I think that there was a lot of intent that went to getting those rebounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that doesn't sway me for one. Uh, you know, Harden has more assists than, than Westbrook does. I think that Harden does more to make the other players on his team better. 
than Westbrook does. I, I think Harden is a better passer. I think he's a better player. But I mean, in, in just one of those things, I'm saying this, not I'm not denigrating Russell Westbrook at all. I think Westbrook is amazing. I think this is the season that will be remembered as the Russell Westbrook season. Right. But this whole I, this whole concept of, you know, oh, well, the Rockets have a much better supporting cast. I mean, the Rockets were picked to win 41 games this year. The, mm-hmm. the OKC was picked to win 44-45. OKC met their expectations in part because people presumed Westbrook would have an insane year, and he did. Right. Uh, the Rockets, meanwhile, vastly exceeded their expectations, more than the Bucks did, by like 14 or 15 games. And part of that is certainly down to the coaching and the system, but the the revelation of Harden as not just a scorer but as a playmaker that consistently puts his teammates in the best place to score I think is incredible whereas Westbrook gets a lot of assists but so many of them are uh he has drawn the defense to him and weaving layups or dunks or whatever and that's that's fantastic I, I'm not denying it at all I just I question to what extent Westbrook has made his team better. And the fact that they only have 45 or 46 wins or sorry, 47, I forget, forget the shortchanging. Uh, that bothers me. Like I, I, mm-hmm. I think the MVP yeah. has to be the best, one of the best players on one of the best teams. And Russell Westbrook was one of the best players, but it's not one of the best teams. I can't really argue with that too much. And especially when we were thinking back at the beginning of the season, who did we think would be the top few teams in the East golden state, San Antonio, Clippers, the Clippers, we thought were, you know, maybe Utah was in there somewhere. We didn't think Houston was going to have this great of a year. And a lot of that is on James Harden. So I, I don't really, I don't really, argue. obviously I love Kawhi. I think he's had a fantastic year. He gets better every year. And I do think I wrote a little blog post about this. I, I think that when he's in the game late, he does crazy stuff like the game that a lot of people watched uh, against Houston, actually, where he won the game for them, right? Yeah, that was made amazing. Last made, made the three, second and then three, Harden. and then blocked Harden. All in the, it's all in the same clip, which is really fantastic because you see the offense and the defense all at once. So obviously I love him, but I can't really disagree with you. Well, I mean, Harden has. well the, the reason Leonard's my second pick is, is for the reason we just said. I mean, I think the way that San Antonio has exceeded expectations and the burden that Leonard has carried for the Spurs on both sides of the ball. I mean, defense right. is defense is part of it. I, I don't think it's 50-50. I mean, yes, defense is half the game, but I think the uh, the the skill level, uh, the number of people who can be do what these guys do on offense, I think is is much more limited than the number of players who can be great defenders. Or, but that said, Kawhi is such a good defender. It it has to factor. The main reason I put Kawhi behind Harden is two reasons. One. Uh, I will admit there's a bit of a San Antonio discount, which is Popovich is my coach of the year. He argues with the coach of the year every single year. And to what extent is San Antonio being good once again, not just because of Kawhi, but because San Antonio is the best organization in sports. I mean, and so I'll, and that's probably not fair, but I'll be honest, that that weighed in my thinking. The other thing okay. is I, I don't know that uh, Kawhi does as much to make his teammates better in the way that Harden does and the way that Westbrook does like Westbrook I just kind of bagged on Westbrook that's relative to Harden but I mean Kawhi averages like two assists a game or three assists a game and yes he's more of an isolation scorer and that's his role and he fills it very well but for me the most valuable player again it's not just about the individual it's about their broader impact on the team and I think Kawhi does it on defense he makes his teammates better on defense on offense Again, it's not a criticism of him. It's just relative to, you know, we're, mm-hmm. we're splitting hairs here. Right. So let me make the case for Westbrook briefly. Even, even though I, I agree with you and I, yep. he's not my first pick. He has done things this year that are like in the unbreakable records, like no one's ever going to be able to do this category of things, averaging a triple-double, breaking the number of triple. I mean, these are things that just seem impossible and he's done them. So how much should that count for MVP just like it's a great like you said it's the year of Westbrook it's a philosophical question I really think your choice on and this is one of those things where if you disagree with me and you think it should be Westbrook I'm not going to argue with you because I think we just probably have different philosophies I my philosophy of basketball is I first and foremost come back to the team and what how do you square that with my insistence that superstars matter than anything else well I think soup the the way you delineate between superstars is not just the superstar himself, 
but the impact that superstar has on elevating his teammates. Right. And I think from an individual perspective, Westbrook deserves the MVP. He, I agree with you. What he's done this year is amazing. And his clutch stats are unbelievable, even more than Leonard. And this is probably the weakest thing for Harden. But when it comes to elevating his team, uh, I think, and his and his teammates, I that's why I put Harden and Kawhi ahead of him, and it's why you know LBJ, uh, LeBron James elevates his teammates. But the I think Cleveland's been a disappointing team, and I'm penalizing mm-hmm. him for that, and that's why I have sure. him fourth on this list. And so for me, it's because I I value that first. If you value just pure performance and the individual and who is the best player, by all means, give it to Westbrook. I'm not going to argue with you. It's a perfectly valid way to watch basketball to enjoy the game, and I'm not going to argue with you. I, I basically agree, and I, I think he's not my first pick, and I'm not even a huge Westbrook fan at all, but I think he probably will win, and I think maybe he should, yeah. because here's here's why, too. The reasons you talked about and the crazy uh, unbreakable records, the average, everything, also his fans, because Oklahoma City, they lost Durant. And they almost lost Westbrook. I mean, I maybe, right? Like he decided to stay. And so maybe, maybe he should win. Just just because <laughs> it would, you know, it's like it's one of those things where you know, he cares so much, I think, about these records, and his fans care so much about these records that yeah, you know, why not? Why not? <laughs> maybe it should be him. It's, it, yeah, it's, it, I mean, heaven knows the the like because Kawhi doesn't the care. Fans he are doesn't annoying on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> he, you know, like Kawhi couldn't care less about this award. Uh, I don't think he really cared that much about defensive player of the, le- the year last couple of years. I, I mean, can I say can has, I something? In, can I say something inflammatory that you will agree with and will probably make a lot of people mad? <laughs> sure. I think that all the r- people who think Russell Westbrook should win the MVP uh, were all Kobe Bryant fans, and the people who think that <laughs> someone else should were all Tim Duncan fans. Interesting. I sure. <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, I, th- I think I think it's a philosophical thing. If you enjoy individual greatness, then mm-hmm. I can understand like the ardent Kobe fans. Like, I mean, his individual skill and the way that he, on an individual basis he excelled at the game of basketball was amazing to watch and amazing to see. And right. I enjoyed watching him. That said, I absolutely, without question, believe that Tim Duncan was the greater basketball player. Mm-hmm. Because right. I believe not only was Tim Duncan a great player in his own right and incredibly skilled and all those things, he elevated his team in a way that I don't think Bryant did. Now, did Bryant win right. titles? Absolutely. We can. This is why it's such a fascinating debate about who won and why. This is, but my, from my philosophical perspective, like why is it that San Antonio is such a great system? Why is it that Paul Gasol will go sit on the bench? That goes back to players like Tim Duncan being having a team first approach sublimating their own stats tim duncan never averaged more than what like 23 24 points a season you you're telling me tim duncan could have scored 30 yeah. points a year if you wanted to i think without right. question he could have and how many players put in a westbrook situation given westbrook's permissiveness and the ability to shoot every single time would put up the same stats westbrook did i think there'd be a lot and just as i penalize Kawhi somewhat for his situation I put I shade Westbrook's stats with the reality that if LeBron James was in that situation, I think he could put up the same stats. Mm-hmm. Right, he's capable for sure, but this, yeah, it's, it's a philosophical more it's a philosophical debate. Yeah, so I, I do have Pop, I do have Pop as my coach of the year. I think this okay, and also the fact that I put I have Pop first and uh, D'Antoni second and I have Harden first and Kawhi second. Like it's almost like <laughs> I, I I think if you pick Kawhi's MVP you should put D'Antoni as the as the as the coach right. of the year cuz there's they a weird trade off like, who, like yeah. I just complained about Jason Kidd getting credit for Giannis, right? It, like I think uh-huh. this trade off between the player and the coach is always and so this is part of my thinking. Like I think the San Antonio system and Pop is just so incredible and I I docked Kawhi just a little bit for that. Uh, and I have Eric Spolstra third. Like, the Heat, it's such a bummer they make the playoffs. It was incredible. So, so I was going to ask you about that, right? Because, like, they started the season really, really poorly. 11 and 30. They climbed back. We thought they probably they could make the playoffs. They were almost there. They just barely missed it. So can you give Coach of the Year to a team that doesn't make the playoffs? 
even though they had this great comeback and they really they were on track and really just doing great at the end of the season. I I I, I think you can. I'm a little more lenient with coach of the year. I mean, I think that there's a lot of situations where when a team just vastly improves. Um, I mean, the thing to remember is it, Miami had, it was understandable. They lost, they had a ton of injuries at the beginning of the year. They lost a bunch of players. And so in some respects, yes, they got players back. So they got better, but it's easy to lose a team, right? It's for a team, just give up, start going through the motions. And uh, right. they, they went, they started out 1130 and they ended 30 and 11. That is like, that's incredible. Yeah, and I, it's really nice. I, I mean, the Smostra, uh press conference, he kind of didn't know what to say. Like, I always wanted to say like, you know, most teams always end their season on a loss because they're in the playoffs and, you know, we want to make the playoffs, but we're ending on a win because they won their last game. And what a triumph of a season. I mean, of all yeah. the like not making playoff season, this has to be one of the most inspiring. Like, <laughs> and, and and to just to underscore how close it was, I had didn't realize they were actually tied for eighth and yep, lost on tiebreaker. So, so that's so close. You can't get closer than that. I basically I, I agree with you. I don't think it would be pop though. I think with some of these awards, people like to give it to something new. Like you can't give it to the same person all the time, even if they deserve it. Just and that's why LeBron doesn't you know win MVP, MVP every year. year. Right. Uh, so so I think for Houston Rockets again, for all the reasons we just talked about, Coach of the Year uh, makes sense. That seems like a reasonable guess. No, it, it, it's a good point. Like if, if I had to pick one player right now, I'd pick LeBron James. And right. my second choice would be Kawhi Leonard <laughs> or, or maybe like Steph Curry. Like those would be my top three. And, and so mm-hmm. Harden and, and Westbrook, like they would be up there. But, you know, it's why MVP is such a scintillating yeah. debate because kind of strange. <laughs> it's all it all comes down to your own personal definition. I view it as a one year award. Uh, I value the team context very highly. And so for LBJ, even though he's the best player, like the fact that the Cavs are disappointing, I penalize him for that, um, which may or may not be fair. That's my system. Um, you know, defensive player of the year. Uh, Kawhi's won the last yep. two years. I think this is Draymond Green's year. One, he's just an unbelievable defender. and He has been for a while. Two, they lost Bogut or they dumped Bogut. And then not just that, but then they lost Durant halfway through the year and their defense actually got better. Like the way yeah. the degree to which he has carried that team and Golden State has the best defense, I think defense rating in the re- league or first or second is he's a defensive savant and I think he deserves it. He's gonna. I think he should win this year. I have Rudy Gobert second. I think he's awesome. I am so glad the Bucks picked Giannis because that in two thousand three Giannis went fifteenth and Gobert went like twenty eighth. Because if the Bucks hadn't picked Giannis, I'd be so mad that they missed him. <laughs> but so, uh, and then I have Kawhi third because he's still awesome. Yeah, seems fair. Seems fair. I uh, I I haven't put as much thought into these other <laughs> awards just because MVP has been like obsessed in the media and every, the only, everything. The, the uh, other one I'll mention is Rookie of the Year. I have Brogdon, the Bucks rookie. Uh, he's the other guy that deserves credit for the Bucks exceeding expectations. We were so thin at guard to start the year that that was another, re- especially once Middleton got hurt, that was a reason to be skeptical. And he has come in and he sees the starting job and he's contributed to a playoff team in a huge way. Like he is one of our most essential players and. Uh, Joel Embiid was clearly the best rookie. I just think 31, like there is a poll mm-hmm. on Twitter. Would you didn't play enough games? Yeah. Would you, yeah. would you rather had Embiid for 31 games or Brogdon for 82? And I'd pick Brogdon for 82 because 31 games is not enough to get you a playoff spot. Whereas 82 right. is, <laughs> yeah, Embiid's yeah. a better player. It, as far as far as Saric, like, no, he's putting up stats on a bad team. Like seems like a fine player. I think contributing to a playoff team matters. So, and I, I was mm-hmm. in a homer here, but I, I, I picked Brogdon first. I picked Brogdon first and beat second and search third. All right. All right. All NBA. So do you want to do these or should we jump to the playoffs? Sure. Why not? Right. Yeah, let's go through them quick. Russell Westbrook and James Harden, obvious. Uh, the first team, the first team, the first four spots, sort of the four MVP candidates. Ru- Russell mm-hmm. Westbrook, uh, James Harden, LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard. Uh, center, I put Anthony Davis. I'd be okay, okay. with putting Rudy Gobert. I think, uh-huh. again, the Rudy Gobert, the team context. The Utah Jazz are a far better team uh, than than New Orleans. That said, uh, Anthony Davis has had an incredible season, both offensively and defensively. And I think his GM is incompetent. I think his team is poorly put together. And I would hold that against him from like, I'm not going to put him in the MVP conversation, but I think he deserves first team. All right. All right. Second team, uh, Steph Curry. 
without question. I think Curry is funny. If we could, he's all right. If we could, if we could all have down years like this, he can shoot a little bit. Well, and that's that. But the last ever since Durant went down, I mean, he's been yeah. Last year, Steph Curry, uh, Steph Curry, Isaiah. Well, Thomas. I think that's an interesting thing too. Is just like like at the beginning of the year, I think Golden State had a little bit of a problem of like. Who do we go to? We have too many good players. Like, who do we go to when the game is on the line and we need to give the ball to somebody? And you saw a couple of games that Golden State lost, actually, where at the end of the game, Durant was like, give me the ball, give me the ball. And he would miss the shot or something. And sometimes he would make it, of course. But I, I, it is interesting to see when Durant went out to see Golden State not seamlessly, but fairly well revert to the previous Golden State team where Clay Curry could kind of shine again and i'm very curious to see what will happen in the playoffs and if they will have any of those moments where like who do we go to we don't have one guy like who do we who do we go to when we need someone to score it's absolutely fascinating because i think kevin durant is the better player i think i think durant is the second best player in the league uh, after lebron but what makes golden state work is not just curry but the threat of curry and you don't get mm-hmm. the threat of curry and the threat of curry is maximized when he has the ball in his hands it, right. Defenses just panic. They they and they panic and they don't know how to account for him and they make mistakes and then other players pop open and it's one of those things where I think Golden State is better when their second best player has the ball in the hands. Of course, it helps that their second best player is the third best player in the league. So yeah, that's <laughs> just not fair. It's not fair. It's annoying. <laughs> uh, so second team, I have Curry. Uh, and I have Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah Thomas, recognition for a great year. He's atrocious at defense, and I think that is going to get shown up in the playoffs. Maybe not by mm-hmm. the Bulls because the Bulls' point guard position is terrible. But uh, so I I hesitate to put him on the second team because he's so bad at defense. But mm-hmm. amazing year. He's carried Celtics. They got the first seed. I'll give it to him. Uh, I love his story in general. And we've talked about it a little bit last season. But yeah, yeah it's I awesome. love it. Uh, Giannis, uh, and I put Draymond Green. I think the question is, is it Draymond Green or Durant? Again, the fa- I go back to the team context. The fact that the Warriors were fine without Durant and were arguably better, be- and it was because of Green carrying the defense and then Curry on offense, to me that tips me towards Green. Even though he had a very down year offensively, uh, and he gave up the most by Durant coming, his defense I'm putting him on the second team. And then Gobert. Gobert is my is my second team center. Okay. 13. 13. John Wall. Amazing year. War, uh, Wizards have been great. They faded a little bit recently, but he's amazing. He's a great player, and he's who makes them go. Uh, Chris Paul, uh, also like Durant, played about the same number of games, around sixty games. The do you know? Guess what the Clippers? The Clippers finished what was the Clippers fifty one and thirty one. Guess what the record was with Chris Paul? I don't know. Uh, thirty nine and twenty one, or something like that, or, thir- okay. or so forty and twenty one, like whatever. They're they're a they win two out of three games with Paul. They are a very good team. They were down at the beginning of the year. They've closed out the year super strong. Uh, he yeah. And he's had an amazing year. He's a phenomenal defender, best point guard defender. Uh, so I have Chris Paul. I have John Wall. I have Kevin Durant, who is who's still awesome this year. And his defense has been great. Uh, Jimmy Butler and Marc Gasol, who at, closed out, kind of fade at the end, but was amazing in the year. Uh, center position is a little weak, um, but... In the future, that's going to be Carl Anthony Towns' position, but he was too bad at the beginning of the year, so I'm going to, give it to Gasol and then uh, Jimmy Butler. Sounds sounds good. These are good teams. The Jimmy Butler one, <laughs> yeah, Jimmy Butler was close. It could have been could have been Hayward was the other one I considered. Again, the Jazz were better, but Butler in a bad situation. The Bulls are in the playoffs because of Butler, and he's he's awesome. He's an awesome player. So that's those are my teams. So I use the Marc Gasol pick at the end there to transition into the playoffs again. Grizzlies, Spurs, do they, they, how many times, how many times these teams need to play each other? The Grizzlies are only allowed to play the Spurs or the Clippers in the playoffs, apparently. (laughs) That's it. Well, and I, I, unfortunately, I was looking at some stats and I was reminded that Spurs, it was the year the Dallas one, I think, Spurs were the number one seed, Grizzlies the eighth, and they knocked the Spurs off, actually. So I'm always a little worried and... You know, last year the Spurs swept the Grizzlies, but the Grizzlies were they had injuries, they had problems. I mean, this is a lot different this year. And, but the, uh, it was just announced today that Tony Allen is out for the series. Uh, oh, oh, okay. Which is I missed that. which is a problem because he was the guy who could guard Kawhi Leonard. So I hope I didn't sound excited there. I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it that. I was really just surprised. I hadn't heard anything today. Yeah. So I think they could have given them a good series. I mean, Gasol is great. Uh, Conley is great. Uh, but. 
Gwenard is just going to eat them alive, I think. Yeah, I hope so. I have a complicated <laughs> formula for like which game do I pick to go to in the first round. I like, saw that. Depending on which one. <laughs> so I'll be watching this closely, obviously. So we'll, we'll, we'll start with the Spurs, Spurs, Grizzlies, and then the winner of that series will play the winner of the Rockets Thunder series. Yeah, and that series I think is one of the more interesting. It is. Because... Russell Westbrook is like unpredictable, uh, partly. And also Houston in a way is unpredictable too. Like are there threes going to go yep. in or not? Uh, so, I mean, it's uh, that, I really don't know what to say about that. I honestly, I mean, I guess Houston has the edge there. Um, they obviously have played better this year. And as you said, all the reasons with them, the MVP conversation, they're a better team overall, but I do think it's kind of going to be a little bit crazy. Yeah. Oh, I think the reason why Houston is arguably the biggest threat to Golden State is the same reason why they might get, get upset because they have high variance. They they shoot so many threes. There could be a yeah. game where they make like thirty threes, and <laughs> I mean that might be a slight exaggeration, but they, they I mean they're taking so but many not threes. much. They did break a record this year for most threes made. I can't remember. Yeah, I'm trying to remember what it was too. It's not going to be not going to be off the top of my head. But no, there were some games this year they shot more threes than not threes. Right. I mean it, it's crazy. Some of the stats are just really bizarre to look at. So so yeah, but that means they could be upset if they have a few cold games and Westbrook goes crazy. Right. I, I think they are yeah. definite favorites, but. I mean, OKC is good. That's you know, people talk about oh, Westbrook carry this bad team. OKC has good players, right? I mean, mm-hmm. Stephen Adams is a good player. You have the other thing you have Robertson, who's a phenomenal defender that they can put on Harden. You know, and at least at least try to slow him down. Uh, I it's going to be fun. I wish they were announcing the MVP before the series so that there could be a grudge match. But oh, right. um, <laughs> alas, when do they announce it? Usually, do they wait until they're doing this? Like, stupid, it's before the finals, no, right? They changed they it do? up. They used to announce them like. One like once every every few days, they're doing some stupid award ceremony at the end of the year. So we're not going to even know till after the finals. So that's no, doesn't seem quite done. right because then the the winner of different playoffs games, I think, will influence people's vote, right? Or are they going to vote before the playoffs and just not announce it until? No, yeah, they vote before the playoffs. The voting's done. Okay, and the deadline is yes. Okay, but they're just going to keep a secret, right? Exactly. So, which is hmm. which is dumb because it's a regular season awards. You should announce it closer to the regular season, I think. But regardless, uh, I'm picking okay. Houston. But yeah, I agree. The high variance makes that interesting. Um, so, other side of the bracket, uh, you have Gold State versus Portland. I don't expect this to be close. I, I think it's going to be a sweep. Um, mm. I mean, I don't think it's going to be. A, I actually don't think it's going to be a sweep. I mean, obviously, I think Golden State will win. It'd be the craziest upset you'd ever heard of if they don't. But Portland has been playing really, really well since they. Nurchik, uh, getting his Nurkic. name wrong, it's, uh, Nurkic. Um, the uh, and I was actually I was up in Portland a few weeks ago. I got to see him play. Had an amazing game. I think he almost out, got a triple double. It was just like just a crazy game. It was like a few games after he um, was traded and from Denver. And so they, if you look at their record to the last month or two, I think they've been playing really well. He's out, but I think he's going to be back. Right. That's what I say. If he was healthy and, and they had been playing all yeah. along, I would let say they're going to take a game, but it's not sure when he's going to come back and he's coming back. Even when yeah. he comes back, he's going to be rusty. And, you know, if he's not back, if, yeah, if he's not back, for game one, so he can at least start getting some minutes and start playing. I agree with you. And Lillard had an amazing like fifty nine point game last week or something. Obviously, he's uh, he's great. I just don't think they're going to be swept. I think game you know in five, whatever. I I just I feel like Portland can pull out a game here or there. Maybe I'm maybe I'm nuts, but I feel like they have the potential to win one. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, your predictions are better <laughs> than mine. We know that. Other side, Clippers Jazz probably the most interesting series. Uh, Clippers are actually pretty dominant against the Jazz on a head to head basis. Uh, Jazz have had a great year. They're a great team when everyone's healthy. I think this is probably just a bad matchup for them. Uh, the, the the Clippers ma- match up with their bigs, and then mm-hmm. Chris Paul is just too good. So I'm picking the Clippers here. I think the, I think the Clippers people are sleeping on the Clippers a little bit. They had that their general yeah. Clippers moise in the middle of the season, but the beginning of the year when everyone was healthy, and the end of the year when everyone was healthy, they're on a seven game winning streak. Like they are, they are well, a. Uh, they're good, and I think they're. Um, and I'm. I'm look, And I'm also kind of selfishly hoping for the, the Clippers Warriors series that uh, we've been waiting for forever. And that Golden State will probably just completely crush them in. But I would like to see that. I agree with you. Yeah, things just really went off the rails last year with injuries, and we didn't. Yep. get to see it happen. Other but. side, uh, Boston, Chicago already talked about. I think I, I think Boston is, is is the favorite, but I think they're susceptible. Cleveland Pacers. Uh, Cleveland, Cleveland, Indiana. Uh, LeBron James, Paul George matchup should be interesting, but I, I, 
uh, Teague, I think, just got got was injured. Uh, or he sprained his ankle last game. Uh, I think mm. this is going to be a pretty easy Cavs win. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, Toronto, Milwaukee, uh, bad matchup. I, I think it's Toronto in five. Um, I, I hope it's different, but I'm I'm skeptical. But I'm a Bucks fan. We're naturally pessimistic. <laughs> and it's interesting. I was looking at the different point differential you were talking about earlier in Toronto. Actually, best in the East. Yep. The East has been four. the East has been really weird because the, the standings have been different than the point differential all season. And actually, two yeah. teams in the East, Miami and Charlotte, had positive point differentials, did not make the postseason. While yeah. three teams, Atlanta, Milwaukee, and Indiana, had negative ones. the The Bucks have been positive all year. We just in that last game where we set our starters, we ended up losing by like twenty five, and that knocked us negative. But yeah, the Bucks are. I mean, the Bucks they're forty two and forty. They're you would expect them to have a. a Point of reference. We didn't talk about the point in the in the in the West, but it's interesting with the everybody that made the playoffs positive. Everyone didn't negative except Portland and Denver, which I think must just in addition to the trade that Denver gave Portland a player that allowed them to make the playoffs. In my opinion, yep. the fact that there's that and just the fact that they were plus you know a half a point Denver was they and they didn't make the playoffs. Portland, yeah. uh, so it's uh, that must just. For Denver, it must be be really frustrating. Brutal trade. This is a brutal trade. Yeah. The other yep. the other matchup is Atlanta Washington. Uh, I think the Hawks stink. Um, I think Washington is a much better team. Washington beat them or previously or almost beat them pre- or I can't remember which one. Uh, I think Washington uh, and that sets up a second round of Washington Boston. If everyone goes chalk and then Cleveland mm-hmm. Toronto, and I think Toronto's good. I I hmm. love the two trades they made in the middle of the year, adding adding Ibaka and adding uh, PJ Brown to who can help defend LeBron. Like I I, I if Cleveland falls, I think that's the series they fall. I think it will be very interesting to watch. Wow, it's hard for the LeBron has made the finals so yeah many, I'm still picking many times in a row. It's hard. It's just hard to imagine at this point. It's just been so many years that he always makes the finals. It's just like the default. So who's your? You, are you picking Golden State to win it all? Um, I have kind of like whether which game in San Antonio I go to. I have a complicated uh, <laughs> pick for I. They probably will. Well, so I don't know who will win it all. I'm just thinking about like who goes to the finals. And here, here's my crazy thing. You, you tell me if I'm if I'm off. I still think San Antonio has a shot at this. I really do. I think they have the of everybody in the league. If someone besides Golden State is not going to win it, it's going to be San Antonio. And I think that they can beat Golden State. If they have an easy path through the first uh, couple rounds of the playoffs, so like if a, if game if round one goes to game seven, if round two goes to game seven, no. But if they win in four or five or even six in the first couple rounds, I think they can win. That's that's my prediction. Interesting. That's I think there's, a, there's a possibility. I think you're, I think you're gonna. I think you you should beat the Grizzlies, uh, and then you would be Houston, Houston. or Oklahoma City. Right. Which would be a very fascinating series, but I think it's it's plausible that you could win, uh, win that in short order. Uh, although I think probably unlikely. I think it's, could see those going long. Yeah. So that's kind of the the summary is if any of those go to Game Seven, the Spurs will not win. That's that's how I'm kind of thinking about it. Uh, I'm definitely picking Golden State. I, I think your points about Durant coming back and in the clutch are the, super interesting and it will be fascinating to watch. I just think they're too good. It's just, it's just, it's just overwhelming and they're yeah. awesome at offense. No, they are and too. They're good. awesome at defense. <laughs> and if one guy's off, another guy will be on. Uh, so I mm-hmm. think Golden State is the handy favorite to win them all. Yeah. I think probably the most interesting question in the playoffs is does Cleveland get out of the East? Uh, I I am picking them again out of respect for LeBron James first and foremost. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be very fascinating to see if they do have this switch. And then yeah, we'll probably have the trilogy. And uh, you know, I'm picking Golden State. I picked them last year. I was obviously wrong, but it's the as the objective observer. Uh, although my Bucks are in the playoffs, I don't think they're going far. Uh, as the objective observer, it's it's pretty hard to pick someone else, and that's fine. Uh, I, yeah. the, you know, I think the NBA is what makes the NBA great is it rewards the best and it's also a whole lot of fun along the way. And I think this regular season is a great example of that. Yeah, I agree. It's been a fun season. Looking forward to the playoffs starting soon. So soon. I can't believe the season's over, but I'm, I'm excited for the playoffs. I am so excited for the playoffs. All right. We, we will see when we'll do another one. Uh, our schedules are different than they were last year when we were able to turn out a few of these, but we'll see. It's, it's certainly fun to catch up and, uh, and yeah, thanks for, thanks for being loyal listeners. 
<laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone. Talk to you later. All right, bye-bye.